What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Clearly appreciate everyone for tuning in for today's episode. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. If you don't do so already, please go and give me a follow on Instagram at English Encore Podcast. I announced a giveaway yesterday. It is my most recent post. I'll be doing a giveaway of a t-shirt and a $50 Amazon gift card. Uh, So if you want to go and enter for that, uh, just go follow me on Instagram. Follow all the rules. Just sharing it to your story. Tagging three people. Making sure you're following my account and you will be entered and I'll be announcing that next Saturday in an Instagram live session and the date ending for the giveaway is Thursday. Thursday is the last day to enter. Um, All things have to be done by 4 p.m. then. Today I'm going to be going into a series of fives, uh, top five Hart Trophy candidates for the NHL for this season, top five NCAA basketball players to watch this year, in the top five potential Super Bowl matchups that we could see um, that I think everyone would enjoy and some intriguing storylines that I think would be cool. I'm going to start off with the NHL. Um, general NHL update, it seems like the Players Association and Gary Bettman are kind of getting back on track for talking. It seems like the more start date uh, will be in the middle of January, early February, then the January 1st start date. I just don't think it's realistic. They've been talking anywhere from 48 to 56 game schedule. We will see there have also been some teams such as Anaheim, the Kings, the Bruins, and the Penguins who have explored the idea of playing their games outdoors this year to get some fans in there. We will see what happens there. But going through, I'm going to start at number five. For the top five players, I think, have the best chance at winning the Hart Trophy in this probably shortened season. Um, I have Nikita Kucherov of the Tampa Bay Lightning coming in at number five. He had 85 points last year, 33 goals, and 52 assists in 68 games played. When your team wins the Stanley Cup, all eyes are going to be on you. Tampa Bay has been one of the best teams in the league for the past four years now. He's one of their best players, him alongside Braden Point. A lot of other good young players, great goaltending, a great defenseman in Victor Hedman. Um, Kucherov is the catalyst of that team, though, especially with Steven Stamkos getting into late stages of his career. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, To me, Kucherov is one of the top three to four players in the NHL. When it comes to MVP, though, it doesn't always go by who's the best player. It's who has the best season, and I just think... Coming off a cup, I think Kucherov is going to be highly motivated. There's going to be a lot of eyes on him, and I think he's going to you know, live up to the moment, and I think he's going to have a good chance at winning the heart. Number four, I have Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He had 80 points in 70 games last year, 47 goals, 33 assists. Um, I think for Matthews, it's going to be super interesting this year, especially with the fact that more than likely it's going to be an all-Canadian division. I think those Canadian division games are going to be extremely, you know, grind out games. Those teams definitely don't like each other. And I think it's a sense of Canadian pride. Canada's always been the face of hockey. Um, It's pretty much where hockey started. So um, I think those games are going to be a lot more intense than people think. And I think it's going to be a good chance for him. 
you know, Toronto's had a lot of negativity around the organization the past few years between Babcock being there, apparently not getting along with Matthews. They've spent so much money on these top players between himself, Mitch Marner, Tavares, William Nylander, and they just haven't gotten the results they've wanted. They've been getting bounced out in the first round year after year. So I think this will be a good opportunity for Matthews to really assert himself into that top five conversation for players. I think he's definitely a top 10 player. I don't know if he's in that top five category yet, but if he can have another outstanding season, I think he'll be in the race um, for the Rocky Richard this year again, um, along with guys like Pasternak and Ovechkin. Um, I think that he definitely has a chance of getting the heart as well. Number three, I have Jack Eichel of the Buffalo Sabres. 78 points in 68 games last year. 36 goals, 42 assists. Um, Jack doesn't have near the amount of points as some of these other guys on this list um, that I'm going to have. However, you also have to look at what's around him. And really, he hasn't had anyone outside of Jeff Skinner and Sam Reinhardt to play with. And he didn't even play with Jeff Skinner most of last year. Uh, he was hurt. So he played mostly Reinhardt and Olofsson. And Olofsson was banged up for part of the year as well. But this is a team that made some great offseason additions. They brought in Taylor Hall to play alongside him. Um, it's yet to be seen who's going to be playing on that right wing. But with that kind of star power on a top line, I think you're going to see Eichel's numbers go up even in a shortened season. And if he can put the Sabres in a position to finally break their playoff drought, um, I think that's going to way huge into if he gets heart votes um i th think he's just outside the top five for players he's probably in that seven to eight range for uh top 10 players in the, in the league right now but i think he's only going to continue to go up and i think him and matthews are going to be battling it out um into the division probably next year obviously this year will be a little bit different but have him at number three Number one and two are pretty self-explanatory. It was going to be Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid either way. Um, just based on how they've been playing the past two to three years, I think those two are clearly the best two players in the world. It's just a matter of where I wanted to put them. I actually have McDavid at two and McKinnon at one. Um, I think McKinnon just going to be more motivated because of them getting bounced out the way they did in the playoffs. You know, their goaltender getting hurt. He played extremely well, but they couldn't get the job done. You know, Randon and Landeskog were banged up last year at certain points. McDavid has dry settle, and to me, that does weigh in on this because those two guys have been in the Hart Trophy conversation in the past three years, respectively. And guys like McKinnon, Eichel, they don't have near the star talent around them as some of these other guys like McDavid, Matthews, and Kucherov have. Like, you look at Kucherov, he has point, he has headman. Um, he's a great goaltender. He's got a great head coach. Matthews has Marner, Tavares, Nylander, all these guys. Eichel really hasn't had anyone now until Taylor Hall. Connor McDavid's had Dreisaitl. And, you know, McKinnon's had Rantanen, Landeskog, and, you know, now Cal McCarr. But neither Landeskog or Rantanen are on the level of a Dreisaitl or Braden Point. So, to me, that weighs into it. So, I think McKinnon should be the favorite going in. But there's definitely some other guys. I mean, guys like Pasternak, Panarin, um, Braden Point, even a guy like Taylor Hall in Buffalo, if he has a monster year playing next to Jack and they can end the drought. Um, you know, you never really know. Patrick Kane had his name thrown around in there last year too. So we'll see Marchand um, as well, who um, 
can win the Hart Trophy. It'll be weird because it's going to be a shortened season. There's no way it's going to be a full 82. So I think that's going to have an effect on it because some players tend to get going later in the season. Some guys start off really hot. So it'll all come down to that as well. Next, going into top five potential Super Bowl matchups. Um, I did this based on all the teams currently in the playoff in a playoff spot right now. And there are teams I'm not going to mention. There is a team on here that I'm going to mention a few times. Um, starting off at number five, I think a Buffalo versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be a really awesome Super Bowl. Just because Buffalo obviously hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. They're always made fun of by people for losing four in a row. Um, Tampa was hyped up before the season. You know, because they got Brady to pair with Mike Evans, Godwin. They brought back Gronk. They had an up-and-coming defense with Bruce Arians. Now they have Antonio Brown. So they have all these weapons. They haven't been playing as well late. But I think this would be a super cool matchup just for the sole fact that, you know, Buffalo, and as a Buffalo fan, from my perspective, even though it'll be cool this year if we win the division, which I think we will, um, it's not going to have nearly the same feeling as if we had done it when Tom Brady was on the Patriots. Like, it's always going to be a little bit of a sour taste. Obviously, it's going to be cool to beat the Patriots and knock them off, potentially. But, you know, Tom Brady leaving, it doesn't give you that satisfaction that you wanted for so long. That the Bills finally have a team to compete with um, Tom Brady and the Patriots and Bill Belichick in that division. And really thought we had a good chance of knocking them off with Brady there. And then for him to leave in Tampa... I think it'd be a really cool story for Buffalo to go up against Tom Brady in Tampa, and this would be their real opportunity. Yes, it's not Bill Belichick. It's a completely different crew, but it's their chance to face off against him. And I think it would actually be a really intriguing game. Both offenses have been very good at points here. Their defenses have kind of both been up and down. A lot of good players on both sides, and I think it would be a really intriguing game. Number four, I actually have a rematch of the 2011 Super Bowl between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Green Bay Packers. I think that'd be an awesome matchup. Aaron Rodgers having an incredible MVP-type caliber season if it wasn't for Patrick Mahomes. Big Ben and the Steelers are obviously undefeated right now as of this moment. So getting that rematch, you know, going against probably one of the best defenses in the NFL in the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though they did just lose Bud Dupree for the season, they're still one of the best. Um, so I think that'd be a cool matchup of Rodgers versus Big Ben. Number three, this is a little bit of an oddball game, but I think it would be cool for multiple reasons. Um, the New Orleans Saints versus the Indianapolis Colts. And the reason I think this would be a cool matchup is because you already have Drew Brees, who's going to be coming off of injury, hopefully in time for playoffs. So he's missed. He's going to have missed about half the year. And you have the Colts, who have kind of been up and down. But a Drew brees Philip Rivers Super Bowl would just be, I think, super fun. And the, like the winner of that probably goes into retirement or even both of them would go into retirement after this you know Drew Brees has been so banged up I know he probably thinks he has another couple of years left in him but just the way he's been banged up over the past few years Philip Rivers you can kind of tell in different games that his arm just isn't there as it used to be but I think it'd be awesome for Philip Rivers to um, get to a Super Bowl because if I think if he was in a different situation he probably could have gone to more Super Bowls um, and I think he's just one of the best quarterbacks. And I think he is a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. And I love his game. Um, I just think it would be a super cool matchup. The Colts have a really good defense. I know they didn't play well last week. 
but their defense is for real. I think Frank Wright's a really good coach. Their offense is sporadic at times, where the Saints' offense is just so unpredictable. Um, I think it'd be a really cool matchup. Not to mention, if for some reason Drew Brees didn't come back and it was like Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston trying to lead this team to a Super Bowl and they somehow got there um, against like a team like Phillip Rivers, who's also never been to a Super Bowl, I think that'd be really cool. Especially for a Colts organization that's also been craving to get back to that type um, situation. It says Peyton Manning's left when they had Marvin Harrison, Dallas Clark, Reggie Wayne, Joseph Adai, Edgar James, all those guys. Um, I think it'd be really cool. At number two, I have Kansas City versus the Green Bay Packers. Um, this is pretty much just a Rodgers versus Mahomes matchup. They've both been having unreal years. Um, both their defenses have been good at times. Neither of them are elite, but this would just be an offensive showcase between Mahomes and Rodgers. Um, you know, the Packers have been getting so close these past few years. It's really weird because the Packers are one of those teams now that have been having really good regular seasons, but then slip up in the playoffs. It's almost like they're the Milwaukee Bucks, which is um, kind of funny because Aaron Rodgers is a huge part in the Bucks organization as well. I believe he's part owner, but um, they've just been really good in the regular season. And then for some reason, postseason, they've been losing in the first and second rounds. Um, and then Kansas City obviously is the best team in the NFL and you can hate on Kansas City because they have all this talent, and sometimes it can be not fun to watch because, you know, they're blowing teams out. But anytime Patrick Mahomes is on the field, he's slinging it to Tyree Kill or Kelsey just way down the field and coming up with these weird acrobatic throws and catches, um, it's hard not to be impressed um, with what he's been doing. But I think that'd be a really cool matchup. My number one is another just quarterback versus quarterback matchup that I think people have been wanting for a while that we haven't really gotten a chance to see, but it'd be really cool. Would beat Kansas City, Seattle, Russell Wilson first Patrick Mahomes. I think that'd be the most ideal Super Bowl this year. Both MVP type seasons, as I've mentioned, same thing with Rodgers, but um, Wilson first Mahomes, I think would be something great because Russell Wilson's been considered that second, third best quarterback in the NFL um, for the past, you know, four or five years now, right behind Mahomes, even before um, Mahomes kind of came on scene, Russell Wilson was never really viewed as that top guy who was always behind Rodgers or Brady or Breeze. Um, so I think it's be a good opportunity for Russell Wilson to prove himself against a superior team. When you already know that Russell Wilson all year has been having to compensate for a bad defense, but Seattle's defense actually been getting it going more lately um, with the additions of Dunlap, Adams coming back healthy, um, Harrison getting activated off their practice squad has been a good boost for them as well. Bobby Wagner, I think, is one of the best linebackers in the NFL still. Um, so going up against Mahomes, I can't see who are considered this juggernaut and is the favorites in most people's eyes of winning the Super Bowl. Um, I think that'd be um, a super cool matchup. And then finishing off today's show, it's really nice to have college basketball back. I'm going to go through five players you're going to want to know and want to watch this year. Um, you could go on and on with lists like this, but these are just the five players who I find the most intriguing. Um, number five, I have Jalen Suggs of Gonzaga, the guard, currently averaging 13 points a game along with five rebounds and six assists. Gonzaga's currently number one in the country. They're a super fun team to watch. Um, I've always respected Gonzaga just because they were built up as this tough mid-major program that finally kind of broke into the bottom half of the top 25. You know, 
eight to ten years ago and now have been consistently building themselves up into a consistent top 10 team uh, they're super well coached Suggs had an injury scare earlier in the year but he is good to go um, he's super fun to watch freak athlete um, can pretty much do it all good passer can dunk on anyone pretty decent shooter as well he's a good defender so he's one you want to watch Jalen Johnson um, from Duke to forward, averaging 13 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists. This dude's pretty much just a walking double-double. Super fun to watch. Um, guy gets up and down the court really fast. Fast break master. Um, catches dunks off lobs really easily. Very solid defender. I think he's definitely going to be um, a prospect you want to know for a few years. Probably even next year um, in the NBA draft. Um, Luke Garza is one of the most underappreciated players in the country, the Iowa center. He's currently averaging 34 points a game to go along with 10 rebounds and one assist. Dude, just an absolute machine has Iowa as a top five team. Um, he's been a beast his whole college career. He probably won't get the recognition he deserves and he probably won't be, you know, an NBA star or anything like that. And just because he's not as a, like a freak athlete, like some of these other guys that go into the NBA nowadays, but he could definitely be a role player in NBA. He could be like a power Marcus Saul that has that big man type impact that can spread the floor a little bit. He's not going to wow you with freak athleticism like a guy like Joel Embiid or someone like that would be. But um, mad respect to Garza, and he's definitely someone you want to watch. Um, past two games, he's just been electric for Iowa. So definitely keep an eye on him. Zaire Williams from Stanford, uh, forward. He hasn't had the best start to the seasonal, averaging 11 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists a game. He's been struggling shooting the ball, but you can just tell by the way he plays that he is not afraid of anyone. Um, he is prepared to lead the Stanford team. They've played some really tough games so far. I don't think that they're going to be ranked um, at any point this year, but I think they're going to be a tough out if they're going to get into the NCAA tournament this upcoming season. He's a guy that will definitely be a top 10 pick. In the NBA draft next year, he will be one and done, in my opinion. But just natural athleticism, um, can really shoot the three ball when he gets going. Underrated defender. Um, he's a guy, along with Brandon Boston, who both came um, from Sierra Canyon, where Bronny James and all of them play. Um, just a bunch of really good players from that program. But he's one that I really am intrigued to watch this year. And then number one, I think it's kind of self-explanatory for a lot of college basketball fans. It's Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State. He's projected number one pick in the NBA draft here. Dude just does it all. He's averaging 19 points a game to go along with three assists and seven rebounds. He's only played three games so far. Oklahoma State, I don't think, is going to be a huge threat because the pieces around him aren't as good as if he went to a Duke, um, Gonzaga, Kansas, Kentucky, any of those programs. But I respect him for going to a small school like Oklahoma State, kind of taking a route like Trey Young, Buddy Heald, those younger players, going to the, you know, the bottom tier, the potential top 25 teams are just outside. But just absolute stud. Like, I don't know how he won't go number one next year. Um, Definitely one of the most fun college basketball players I've watched, even only watching two of his three games so far this year. Um, he's just a natural scorer, um, can get to his spots, impose his will on anyone at any point, reads defenses super well, great leader, 
Um, always very positive on the court and when he's on the bench. Um, and I think he's going to lead Oklahoma State into a good place for the future. But there's no doubt to me that he's going to be a one and done um, and be a star in the NBA. But that's going to do it for today's episode, everyone. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. Like I said, if you haven't followed me on Instagram, please do so at English Encore Podcast. You can follow um, my most recent post, um, which will give you the details how to enter a giveaway. It'll actually probably be the second recent post after I post um, a graphic for this podcast um, in a little bit here. But I'll be back again on Monday. I'll be doing a Bills 49ers Monday night preview. Um, I'll go into some more stuff with the Sabres, hopefully. Um, probably talk a little about R2 Russelina, who's been tearing it up overseas and what his role could potentially be with the Sabres. Um, some other stuff like that. Probably some UB football as they were just uh, crowned MAC champions because of their recent cancellation today's game. So I'll talk about that a little bit as well. Hope everyone stays safe and healthy. It's been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel.